Artists lost and found. Artists creating through centuries against all odds. Artists Lost and Found is a podcast created for and by artists. Bringing you legends, tales of wisdom from our artist ancestors, the ancients. And you'll hear stories and interviews with the modern working artists of today. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Barbara Gregson, a working theater artist, author, and director, and one of the producers of this podcast, Our Artists Lost and Found, along with uh, Gregson Theater and Friends and musician, composer, and sound engineer, Eric Porter. Artists Lost and Found is created and recorded at our studio in beautiful Shenango County, New York. And here we go. Episode 3, Till Eulenspiegel Returns. The jester, clown, actor, magician, acrobat, and overall multi-talented entertainer known as Till Eulenspiegel. Some say Till was born in the 1500s in the Netherlands. Some say 1600s or 1300s in Germany, as I believe. We will tell you his story in three parts over the next few episodes of Artists Lost and Found. Part one, which you are about to hear, is about Till's early years in Saxony, Germany, and traveling to Marburg Castle during the Great Famine of 1315 to apprentice with the master jester Joachim the Great. We believe Till's story and life is as relevant today as when it was first told in the Middle Ages. Therefore, we are dedicating the Till Eulenspiegel episodes to all of you performing artists out there who have had tremendous difficulties and hardships trying to make a living creating and performing during the pandemic of 2020. Just as Till did during the Great Famine and the Plague of the 1300s. And now onto part one, Till Eulenspiegel returns his early years. We begin our story of Till Eulenspiegel during the Great Famine of 1315 to 1317 in Saxony, Germany. Till was eight in the spring of 1315 when it began to rain throughout the Low Country. The Low Country included the lands of Netherlands, Germany, Flanders, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Denmark. It was a spring like no other. The torrential rains came down for months without stopping and flooded the fields. The grain rotted. 
Therefore, there was no flour for bread, and no vegetables that summer since they couldn't grow. So people began to starve, and they had no choice but to eat their livestock, their chickens, goats, cows and oxen, even finally their draft horses. Towards the end of 1315, thousands had died of starvation. The old folks and the families gave up their share of the meals, of the meat, whatever was left, and gave it to the youngest of the family so they could survive. And some parents had to abandon their children to find food for themselves. Which brings us to Till and what a fortunate boy he was. His father and mother, after many tears and discussions, decided that they too must send him away. And the only place they knew of where he would survive was the Duke of Marburg's castle in Marburg, Germany, where Joachim the Great lived, a jester and a confidant of the Duke, and luckily for Till, he was a distant relative of Till's father, Karl. Karl had been a miller and a very successful one, and so they were able to survive the first year of the famine because of some grain he'd stored in the mill, which now was closed. And they'd been able to save some of the livestock. But now in the spring of 1316, when Till was nine, there was almost nothing left. So in a warm day in the spring of 1316, a miracle, finally a sunny day. So while Till's mother began to pack his clothes, sadly and lovingly, a few pairs of leggings, a warm wool jacket, and a pair of leather boots, his father told Till their plan. He was to leave for Marburg Castle today, and would hopefully be able to stay there, work as an apprentice to the master clown and jester, Joachim the Great, a distant relative of Till's father. When you get there, son, you must give this letter to Joachim, and hopefully you will be able to stay there and learn a trade and have food and shelter. There is no other way for you to survive at this time. Sadly, son, there is nothing else your mother and I can do for you. And he gave Till the scrolled parchment, which Till put carefully in the sack. And the letter stated, Kind sir, can you please take my son Till as your apprentice and teach him the noble trade of artist, entertainer, and master jester, performer, and clown. So he may have a trade of great consequence and be able to make people happy and laugh throughout the lands, as well as survive these terrible times and all of the times ahead. Till is a good boy and a hard worker, agile and smart, and helped me in the mill since he was five. Now the mill is silent and we have no more food. Our time has come. Many heartfelt thanks. From your distant relative, Carl, the miller from Saxony, and Till's loving mother and my wife, Ulla. And then his mother gave him wrapped in cloth their last piece of cured beef and a few dried apples. 
And as he hugged them goodbye, feeling their bones through their loose-fitting clothes, he knew he would never see them again and set out. He started walking up the hill, turned and waved goodbye for the last time and saw his parents standing in the doorway of their cottage weeping, but trying to be brave. Goodbye, son, they said. You will be a fine jester someday and we will be very proud of you. Till smiled through his tears and said, I know I will. I'll be back in a year. See you then. He turned and started walking up the hill to Marburg Castle. Till walked up and down many hills on his way, a journey that would take him days by foot. He knew to keep to the old dirt road as eventually he would get to his destination. Sometimes he would cut through a field, now deserted, or follow a stream along the road, stopping to fill his water flask. On the third day of his journey, after an arduous climb up the dirt road, at the top of the hill, he found a shady spot under a big tree with a low branch over the road, a perfect place to rest, and eat the last of his food, his dried apple, and piece of meat. He thought as he drank from his flask, ah, how in life one must climb up hills, which was really hard work, in order to go down those hills and have fun along the way. Having those wise thoughts, he leaned against his tree, ah, and proceeded to fall asleep. When he awoke to the sounds of horses, men shouting, wheels of carts creaking in the distance. These were the first travelers that he'd come across so far in his journey, and he quickly got up and ran out to the center of the road and looked down the hill, and there was a sight of beauty to behold, till his fortune was about to change for the best. At the bottom of the hill was a caravan of soldiers, about eight he counted. Two in front with flags, two at the end, and four flanking the three carts driven by peasants. And the carts looked like they were full of food supplies driven by draft horses. As the soldiers in front were starting the arduous climb, he could see they were the colors of the Duke of Marburg. Thinking quickly, he looked up above him and saw the low branch across the road above his head. I'll do my somersault trick, he thought, and stop them. And so he scampered up the tree, crawled out on the branch, and then sat on it and waited. And when he could see the tops of the flags peeking over the top of the hill, he swung down, holding onto the branch by his two hands, and hung there, waiting. The soldiers, carrying the flags, came to the top of the hill, luckily slowly, and saw the boy hanging and swinging from a branch in the middle of the road, his legs kicking. They came to a halt, blew their trumpets, giving the men behind them a signal to slow down and stop. Next to come up was the captain, riding on his horse with a sword drawn. He ordered the carts to come up and all of the soldiers 
Till began swinging his little body forward and back, getting momentum. The captain rode over to him and said, What have we here? Who is this knave blocking our way to Marburg Castle? With that, Till began to swing his little body when he was the highest he could be, let go of the branch, and did a forward somersault into the air, landing on one foot in front of the captain. Ta-da! Then he proceeded to leap in place, turn, wiggle, and do a little jig. Then freeze for five seconds, arms outstretched, making a monkey face. Pause and bow. Then Till said in a loud voice for all to hear, once the audience had quieted down a little bit, Kind sirs, my name is Till, and I'm the son of the miller from Saxony. By the crests on your tunics and the flags, I see you are going to Marburg Castle. It's your lucky day, because I too am going there to work for my distant relative, the great Joachim, who resides there and is a favorite jester of the Duke. The crowd looked at each other, nodded. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Quite impressed, they said. We know of him and have seen him perform over the years. Then Till said, I will tell you stories of adventure, heroism, intrigue, and mayhem. Tales and songs you have never heard before. As we sit around the fire at night, if you will give me a ride on one of your carts and a few, just a few scraps of food, the captain laughed and said, oh, are you Well, what do you think, man? Everybody looked at one another, nodded, and shouted their agreements. Yes, let's take him along. As they were so sick of the same old gripes, complaints, and stories that they had heard from one another after weeks of traveling together, and were desperate to be entertained with some new stories and songs. Yeah, I'm sick of your stupid stories, frankly. He can ride with me, said one of the youngest drivers, Thomas, also the cook from the third cart in the back, who had been standing up on top of the sacks of flour, straining to see Till's performance. The captain said, Very well, and let's get on with it, everyone. Jump on, Till, pointing to the last cart. Till grabbed his sack of clothes from beneath the tree, jumped on Thomas's cart, landing on the sack of flour, and off they went. And this is how Till got to Marburg Castle four days later with a full belly and new friends. That's it for now, folks. Thank you for listening to part one of Till Eulenspiegel Returns, The Early Years. Please listen to part two coming up in a few weeks, Till's apprenticeship with Joachim the Great and his first performances at the castle. We would like to thank the Shenango Arts Council of Norwich, New York for their support. They have a lot of new benefits if you want to become a member. 
For example, they have a new artist catalog in which if you are on it, you can get work. Call Alicia O'Neill today at the Arts Council. Their number is 607-336-2787. And she'll be able to tell you all about their new benefits. Or go to their website, shenangoarts.org. Music recorded and composed by Eric Porter. Shauna Stevenson provided all the PR and marketing for us. And remember, people, keep creating. See you soon. Your host, Barbara Gregson.